Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 207, 207, episode one of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Monday, October 18th, 2021. I don't need to tell you what international day it is because you already know. Mm -hmm. It is, of course international it's, uh, I'll tell you right now it's a blockbuster one it's international legging day thank you and national chocolate cupcake day Woo. shout out to chocolate cupcakes shout out to the leggings that we're all rocking as we record this yep thank you to yeah uh what is it lula Rowe for sponsoring this episode yes, yes. <laughs> we love our leggings my name is jack o'brien aka Somebody once told me that when your bread gets moldy, you throw it at the Smash Mouth dude's head. I said, no, that's fucking dumb. He's got prime anti-vax cum, but then plans started forming in my head. Well, the band starts strumming and the itch starts coming, reaching the bags and the whole wheat humming. Didn't make sense to huck just one through half a loaf at that raging bum. Uh, that is all courtesy of Uncle Brew. Talking about my one of my favorite YouTube videos where people threw bread at the Smash Mouth singer's head. He leapt into the audience to fight them, all while the band vamped the beginning of All Star for like 20 minutes. Truly an impressive feat of concentration. And now he has resigned. So we bid adieu to that dude. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! It's Miles Gray, decked out in that Dodger blue. You know he's coming, a.k.a. Hideo Noho, straight from North Hollywood with that wind-up. He's so twisted up, you thought he was a backwoods blunt. And by goodness, I don't know how game one of the NLCS went, but I know how game five of the NLDS went. And I hmm. feel a little bit bad for the Giants. I'm not going to lie. That would have been trash if I was on the other end of that one. I was saying before we started recording that, you know, I've become a Dodgers fan through osmosis. Like, I used to be a Red Sox fan. And then when the Dodgers were playing the World Series, I realized I was rooting for the Dodgers just because I'm scared of the Dodgers fans mostly. They're yeah, really mean. That. Yeah. But no, I, I really... Enjoy the team. I love Ken Lee Jansen, even though it's a little unnerving to have a closer that has all these like nervous ticks in his pitching motion. Kind of like I feel like I would a lot of want, phases to it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't want a pilot who is like doing going through a bunch of like a routine of like ticks and uh, crossing himself and doing all these different things before uh, taking off a plane. I, I feel like the same thing when, when I watch Ken Lee Jansen pitch. I feel like <laughs> that everyone feels like, oh, boy, oh boy here we it. go. Yeah. Come on, old Gil. <laughs> Come on, old Gil. But yeah, man, that that was that was fucking brutal. We, we can talk about it after we introduce somebody who we're thrilled to be joined in yeah. our third seat by a very funny comedian writer living in Los Angeles. You've heard him on NPR, seen him on Fuse, Kevin Hart's Lull Network, and True TV, and he's been selected to Just for Last New Faces and named the funniest person in Austin, Texas. He writes about food for the Austin Chronicle, LA Weekly, Eater, The Takeout, Yay. which we use all the time, LA Mag, uh, and was named one of America's top up-and-coming comics by Vulture. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Danny Palumbo! Yeah! Oh, 
Have some fun with it. It's me, Danny Palumbo, a.k.a. Pecorino Marino, a.k.a. <laughs> Tony Rigatoni. Hey. hey there he what's is. What's up? Tony I got pasta Rigatoni. aliases. That's, I know. Those are great, man. Let them know. <laughs> what do you? What, what's one for farfalle? Well, we can mm. think of another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bow tie pasta? I don't know. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. Anyway, what's new, man? Not man. Just chilling. Just yeah. doing all the all the credits that y'all mentioned. That's the first time somebody mentioned every single thing I've done before. Hey, yeah, that was it. I, it was I was like, I was impressed by all of them. I don't normally do the whole list, but those are all I, fucking dope. Well, I I needed it because I don't have the one knockout that's like you've seen them on Conan. Stop. <laughs> right. right. You know what I mean. Right. You got to hey, mention all, all the stuff. those to come together to make a mighty fist, Daniel. Yes. A knockout that, blow. Yes, if you will. A uh, check swing that gets called strike. If Oof. You will. Oof. Yeah, I, just, I feel for the Giants fans. It was like a magical season. They were the, it came out of nowhere to have the best record in baseball. And then, yeah, I, you know, I was during the game, I was turning to my dad is in town. Uh, so it was fun watching, watching baseball with the old man. And I just mm-hmm. kept turning to him being like, whoa. You believe this shit? We're getting the Dodgers are getting some calls here, and then uh, they got the ultimate call that that put them on through to the next round. Yeah, and a check swing that wasn't a strike. It was stressful, but they called though. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, oh, for sure. I felt for everyone, even like when, yeah. whether we were at bat or the Giants were at bat. You're like, fuck, dude. Every single throw is like mattering right now. Yeah, and like a fucking like a strike three call just was just like felt like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. What? Are you, how are you gonna come back from everything? The stakes. But that's what I love about this time of year in baseball, that the stakes are at their highest. Mostly, I felt for E40. Mm. That was well, yeah. You mean Cory Booker? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Danny, we're gonna get to know yeah. you a little bit better in a moment. First, a couple of things we're talking about. We're talking about. Uh, January 6th, subpoena Dodgers, who are entering the find-out phase of, mm-hmm. of the fuck-around and find-out process. Dodgers. We're going to talk about Texas trying to both sides the fucking Holocaust, maybe? Mm. Pretty, pretty wild. We're going to talk about Hannah Gadsby telling Netflix to keep uh, their name out of, out of their fucking mouth. And, you know, I'm not even going to mention it. Maybe, maybe we'll get to this other story that I've been introing for a month now that I'm very interested in. But before we get to any of that, Danny, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Yeah, uh, this is just today. I had to Google uh, glimping. My dog just like sprained her like paw or something. Mm. And she's been like limping around. And I was like, what do I do about that? Because she's not like hurt. I will say, though, it does look like kind of cool. She's kind of walking around with like a pimp walk right now. Yeah. You know it's what I'm a saying? deeper step. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of a deeper step. Danny, where's my treats? She's got like a little <laughs> bit of an attitude right now. Right. Too. Coming out. Okay. okay. All but right. you know, I'm like, you know, you saw no paw injuries, no nothing like that. It's just a. Nah, I don't think, dude, I think what I've learned from owning a dog is like it. you have to deal with like the guilt sometimes mm-hmm. of like you feel, but she's just like, there's nothing I can do. You can right. take her to her vet. They're going to charge you 200 bucks to be like, yeah, she sprained her wrist or whatever. Right. right. You know, she's just got to, you got to walk it off. Right. Right. Yeah. That's it. Just tell so, her to stay off of it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, okay. Yeah. That'll, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. What I said, stay off of it. Come on. Right. Bro. You're not going to get better doing that. <laughs> what all of our dads told us as kids. Right. right. Like, I, I got a, I got a, a black eye from a baseball game. And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah. Wear an eye patch to school. You'll be good. <laughs> Wear an eye, well, That's always good advice. <laughs> Wear an eye patch to school. 
They make it funny, wear an eye patch. <laughs> They'd have to be absolutely sick. To and they'll start funny. making fun right. of that. And yeah. since you don't need it, you you win. Kid with an eye patch, you don't know what he's capable of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember our dog used to, like, whenever there would be a leg injury, he would just transform into, like, being a three-legged dog and just, like, curl up the, the hurt one. And oh, yeah. I, was, I was always kind of impressed by that. Just, like, fine. Just, yeah. you know. It made me wish I had four legs. You know? Yeah. The one time I had my dog was limping, I remember like it, like he howled in pain, like like just yeah. trying to get up on the bed. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. But then it was like fine the rest of the day and then did it a second time like the next day. And I was like, I got to go to the vet. Cut to being charged $200 to say, yeah, I mean, we're not seeing any damage or anything. It's probably just going <laughs> to yeah. pass. I'm like, you shouldn't charge me this much then please yeah. you yeah, didn't yeah. even do but i get it that's that's how they get you it's a racket they know we care about our dogs too much so you have to act like you don't you're like yeah no i mean whatever if you have to put her down that's fine i mean whatever you gotta do like, oh, we'll, 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 we'll charge you 50 bucks it's fine oh my god <laughs> yeah and then like the one time that you go and it is something that like needs their attention it's uh yeah it's ruins it ruins you because then you're like shit i guess yeah. i gotta go they're like oh do you have a canine dialysis machine <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh what <laughs> you're gonna want one of those you're yeah. gonna want one of those 20 grand oh fuck yeah okay i guess i'll sell my car or something yeah but that's what's so wild i feel like do- so many dog owners or pet owners now because of the veterinary technology and the uh treatments have like come so yeah. far along like you can seriously entertain the idea of prolonging a pet's life in a way that I remember in the 80s and 90s. That shit nope. was like, I remember you have friends with dogs who just walk around with wild tumors hanging off of them. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, man, he got a tumor. And that was just <laughs> yeah. it. You know? And like, you never it's thought so anything of it. You're like, but now yeah. you, if you're at a dog park, you'd be like, I have to call somebody. Like, this, yeah. is this dog okay? And yeah. not to say that we're, you know, I, I don't have any commentary on where we're headed, but it's just like the fact that we have these tools now, I think, is making it much harder than it used to be to just accept, like, this is our pet. Unfortunately, like, they you're, you're going to see a you're going to see a dog with like full on robot legs. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. A couple of years. Like, that's coming. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be like Krang like a, from a laser. Yeah. A laser like Kano eye. Yeah. For something <laughs> like a. Deep red eye, like Jesus right. Christ! They're like, "What part of this is still your dog?" It looks like one of those Boston Dynamics robots. Oh my it's god! Like, yeah, the tail. Look at the tail. It's fur. <laughs> my dog oh, with a fifty cal sniper rifle attached yeah. to it. Squirrels are <laughs> fucked when that happens. All right. Uh, what is something you think is overrated, Danny? Oh, let's get into it. Halloween candy. I oh. think. I think Halloween candy. I mean, okay. So for like looking at like the two candy holidays and this is going to be a takeout thing that gets published like oh, next week okay. okay and we've talked i think we've talked nearly every yeah. candy article on the takeout that's been there except for the latest one about the tastiest ones i think was the one i saw today. yeah i if you're comparing two candy holidays it's like how is easter a christian holiday how does it have like better candy like how are they more experimental with like flavors and like jelly beans and like even peeps like kind of like switched it up and they started putting out all these different flavors it's not just like the yellow things anymore like they're Mm. getting wild but halloween candy has had this same sort of like quaker ass puritanical (laughs) flavors for years every candy bar has been invented pre-1950 dude it's all tootsie pops and like you know wax fangs and stuff and like (laughs) right it's it's all function yeah there's no like experimentation with like 
flavors and stuff. And I think that like Halloween candy, like they should do companies need to do something different because they're taking swings on Easter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always, like, man, I remember my, like my mom's, you know, she's from Japan. So Easter is like the fuck. Oh, it's that thing right. you do in April. Uh, but like on my dad's side, like my grandparents, they would always have, they took that shit seriously. Cause you know, they were, they were fucking with Jesus heavily. <laughs> but I always remember my grandfather, he loved like dove chocolate, uh, truffles. And like mm. they would come out with like these smaller Easter ones, and that's all it would be. And I'm like, we're eating straight luxury chocolate today. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And that always felt more meaningful as a actually a holiday. But now that I think about it, yeah, there, there's something about that grab bag of like the 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 uh, what am I looking for? The palette of candy that we paint Halloween with that feels just in need of a refresh. Yeah, because they don't have like a specific thing like jelly beans and chocolate rabbits and you know. Well, can't, Candy eggs. Corn. Right. That, but that's not that candy corn doesn't go in the wind column. Right. No. I don't, I, no. You know what I'm saying? Well, but like, neither did neither did jelly crime. beans for a long time. In my, in my opinion, I don't that's know. true. Uh, I, as big a fan as I am of Ronald Reagan, I was not a fan of uh, jelly beans, <laughs> and they did plus those up. The I think the Starburst jelly beans really really fucking nailed it. That would have been mine too. Starburst jelly beans are legit. And I, Jelly Belly at least has 50 different flavors in a bag. And yeah, Skittles it's an adventure. Still trotting out the same five barely discernible tastes. But, you know, hearing yeah, levels of lemon flavor. Yeah, <laughs> dip, yeah. Ye- yellow five. Mm. Mm, Hell I love, yeah. I love red 12 coloring. Oh, say less. Because, yeah, they are trying to plus up Halloween. They are trying to plus up the candy corn. And it's not going well, as far as I can tell. The, the, Turkey dinner one looks Ooh. looks like a fucking war crime. I mean that that shit looks awful. That's yeah. not real, is it? Oh, you haven't seen that? I mean, I saw that picture, but that's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody oh, re- no. reviewed it, and it's exactly as bad as you would expect it yeah, to be. Yeah, don't. I don't want turk apple pie and yeah. coffee and turkey dinner. They pulled uh, a group of children, and they all said they like gravy. They want gravy candy. Right. <laughs> and the yeah, fuck? what they do is they just take people like they go into a pot that's been cooking gravy and they just skim what's on the side of the fucking <laughs> pot and then they shape that into the fucking jelly beans. That's rough. But yeah, like wax lips are something that we could work with. I'm I'm trying to think of it. like what are the other shitty like, like shitty Halloween candies? Yeah. But I don't think I, of those as necessarily Halloween. Man, I, I remember being handed that in my neighborhood as a kid. I was like, what the fuck is this? A yeah. urinal cake? Like, yeah. Fuck off. It's all 1950 and before. Yeah. Like, milk, like, look at when those, especially candy bars, like, look when they were all invented. And it's like, seriously? Like, 1926? It's right. like all between 1920 and like 1945. So, it's crazy. I'm like, how have we not invented a new candy bar since like, I don't know, like the Take 5 or something? Yeah, That's what right. it feels like. There's like kind of refreshes on some of them, right? But even then, yes. you're not seeing that in in. in what you call it? I think was the closest we came to getting a staple that was new. You know, yeah. really captured a generation with with the name. What who is behind it. big Halloween candy? You know what I mean? And what it's deals same... are being made that we can't yeah. up and and you know blow up the paradigm? I feel like it yeah. might be because white people are, because of white supremacy <laughs> because. People are buying for other people's kids, and so they just don't give a shit. They're just buying in bulk, and they're like, I don't know, yeah. take it, you little piggies. And oh, then like, with right, yeah. Easter and Christmas, they're buying for their own kids, 
and they have to see the disappointed ass looks on their faces when wow. they get the Easter right. basket and are like, oh, great, more sugar flavored pills. Great. Yeah, so thanks. we need to so we need to teach our children to display more outward disapproval towards what they were given <laughs> at someone's door. Yeah. yeah. To begin yep. to that see that feeling. Yeah. Yes. People I, I get I totally get your point, Jack, because we're all hum most human beings are wired to people please on some level. The opinions of other people can affect many decisions that people make. So if we have kids start going, Oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, lady. You know, then they're like, oh, my God. Or they'd be like, next time, why don't you turn it up with some high chews? Ever heard of those? Or you don't like to go to that part of town where the Asian markets are at? Check yeah. your shit, lady. Maybe or, there should be some repercussions. You know, right? you give out you give out shitty candy. Well, there's a couple eggs on your roof. Well, now. actually, we did do that anyway. I, right. I like, yeah. 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 I'm just wondering, like, maybe I, I like the idea of going international. Like, maybe that is how, like, have if you're going to do a haunted house instead of just having, like, you know, it looking like Jason is sawing a dummy's head off. Maybe you, like, you know, get creative with it and, like, bring an international flavor and, like, yeah. give out candy from other countries. It's... It's the devil's holiday also, right? Right. Like, it's is supposed it to fucking rule. And yeah. sin and like, it's supposed to be those things. Yeah. Yeah. It's also candy is the only part of Easter that allows for any sort of creativity and fun. Mm -hmm. Whereas Halloween is like, you know, you're too That's focused true. on your costume and your uh, haunted yeah. house. And good point. Good point. And also candies like the staples are pretty good. Like getting a you know, king-sized Snickers. Yeah, that, is, that feels like a win. Yeah, you're yeah you're you're winning no matter what generation you are. Or yeah, you or know. turn it up. Go go generous on them. You know, yeah. hand out king sizes. Yeah, I mean, but anyway, I'm, that's why I'm like off the traditional ones. I'm handing out edibles this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. That's I got oh. started. Man, it's hard to start cutting up little edibles and put them into little Tootsie Roll wrappers, unwrap the Tootsie Rolls, then wrap the edibles <laughs> in the Tootsie Roll. It's a lot of work. Yeah. People don't talk about that shit. It's, it's held together with a rubber band. Yeah. <laughs> Just, <laughs> like, when I put my Halloween like somebody, candy yeah. in the corner of a Ziploc bag, rip <laughs> yeah. it off, tie it in a knot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> They're buying a sack of yay. <laughs> They're like, no, it's pixie sticks, kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do, do a couple gummers of that. You ever try it? Yeah, <laughs> gummers. Oh my god! What is something you think is underrated? Pizza in L.A. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, don't try to compare it to New York, obviously, but like, I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's it, not lose it, our minds here <laughs> compared to New York. But. Well, there there was a uh, an article came out. Yeah, God, and, and I know the writer too, but it was for L.A. Mag, and the article was like a little clickbaity. It was just like these eight pizza places are better than anything in Brooklyn. I was like, why would you say that? Why would you say that? Are they yeah. all eight L.A. pizza places? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yep. oh like these yeah. eight L.A. Place, places you thought you yes. were in the yeah. 718. Okay. Yep. I could imagine a world where their editor added that headline after they wrote the article. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know, man. Well, that's possible. Yeah. Their editor is usually pretty good about that. Like when she has edited my stuff. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, dude, she was, she was, I didn't feel embarrassed when it came out. Right. 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 There Whereas you sometimes you're like, shit, I didn't say that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so what but, are you loving about our pizza out here? I, it's just different. I just think it's different in a way that's like, A, California has more fun with stuff, especially food. So mm. it's not like this super rigid, like, but like you get like different styles of like, I like Hail Mary pizza a lot. 
it's almost it's I think it's like square ish, but it's 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 like almost like a sourdough crust. Oh, but it's like it's it's got like a little funk to the crust, and it's yeah. it's salt it's salted so well, dude, that I was. I just the crust like was like such a bonus for me. Oh, I was, that's my you, favorite pizza. When you that's what I'm like, saying. Fucking dope. Like just give yeah. me, the crust yep. was even an experience. Yeah, the Hail Mary was great. I just went to this place last night that was like Neapolitan style, which some people hate. Like you kind of have to eat it with a fork and knife. But I was like, oh, it was fucking good. There's people selling pizza out of their like apartments and shit. There's secret pizza L.A. I wrote about this guy who moved here from Jersey, and he's doing like if you like a New York style pie, like he's doing it out of his like apartment oven which is wild he like boosted it to get it hotter which his landlord can't be happy about but (laughs) but it's it's like legit and i think good and i think people talk shit about the pizza here a lot but you know it seems like some really sullen new yorkers who are just like i just can't find a good slice yeah well don't also don't buy your pizza on hollywood boulevard for starters at the place that are like hey we got big new york slices tourists yeah you're like no this ain't it but yeah, that's true. Like, especially there's this other place, Side Pie, that like okay. started off where like these pizza enthusiasts were just built an oven in their backyard and were serving it like quite literally out the side of their backyard. Yeah. <laughs> and then just moved to a brick and mortar place and their pizza's fucking phenomenal. But I'm saying what's it called? Side Pie. It's an Altadena. Side pie. There's there's people with like ovens and like the back of their truck and like a parking yeah. lot of a liquors of a liquor store. I'm I don't know, it's just like fun here. Yeah, like the food yeah. seems like more fun. Right, right. It's like it's like you know, right. New, like New York is the birthplace of hip hop, and people yeah. around the world fe- found ways to make it their own. Yeah, the same yeah. thing. We're out here being like, "Hey, man, we're doing it fucking truck style." <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. We, I we get the yeah. tenants of pizza comes from New York. Thank you. Yeah, but then every place will translate Tacoma style. Like Joe's is my favorite plane. <laughs> <laughs> the Yoda, bro, Yoda style. <laughs> Joe's is my favorite plain slice in Manhattan, and they brought that out here. And I feel like, I mean, first of all, they have one on Hollywood Boulevard, and it's pretty much as good as the New York one. But like, nobody really gives a shit about it. I feel like out here. That's, well, that's part of it. When it's like 110 in the summer or whatever, it feels like you're not right. like I'm gonna drive to West LA to get pizza. Right, right, right. When New York, you just walk around and eat it. But like here, it's like I'm not gonna get my car right now. Are you insane? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's part of it, probably, but... Yeah. The Joe's in New York is also, like, right by the West 4th subway stop. So, it's got a lot of good foot traffic, and that might be why it became my favorite slices, because I was always walking by right. it and smelling it and being like, uh, yeah, I'll grab one. Oftentimes, when they try to bring the New York staple here, it doesn't work. I know Russ and Daughters just did, like, a... I don't know if it was a pop-up or what, what? but they, they, they were... were, they, were well, they were slinging bagels. And a friend of mine got it and was like, it was not good. Whereas, I mean, when you're eating it there, I mean, it's like top five things I've eaten. I'm like, holy shit. Right. But like, apparently here it was just like, not, Hmm. not great. So stop trying to make it New York. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. Have you had Bell's bagels in Highland Park? No, I haven't. People like that. I had, I had their everything pretty good. Pretty solid. Okay. Mm, Yeah. mm, Love good everything. Right on. Yeah. I mean, that's all praise to the everything bagel. Yes, yes. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And real quick, I do have to ask you, Danny, the bagel that was one of the top five things you've ever eaten out of New York. Was it a everything bagel? What what kind of bagel are we talking here? Yeah, it was everything. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I believe it was so. everything and it was everything. 
Lose mm. everything to me, pal. All right. Well, let's talk about the subpoena Dodgers yep. who are entering the find out phase of the fuck around and find out sitch. Mm-hmm. Steve Bannon <laughs> said he wasn't showing up to his little insurrection appointment on Thursday, uh, last Thursday. I believe he didn't, right? Nope. He said, fuck that. And then immediately on Thursday, they were like, well, we are going to move to a criminal referral then. Because I think, again, most people were like, man, these people aren't going to do shit. Right. And I think we still are in a point where like, well, let's see what happens. And I think, you know, Liz Cheney, she definitely turned up her rhetoric as well as being one of the two Republicans on this commission said in general, quote, in general, people are going to have to appear or, you know, we will move contempt charges against them. And then essentially saying, like, we'll see if they show up. If they show up, we'll be prepared. Now, all this to say is, okay. well, here's the deal. How are there going to be consequences for ignoring a congressional subpoena? So what happens is. First, they have to make a criminal referral in the committee, and then they'll vote that out of committee. If that makes it out of committee, then it will go to a full House vote to vote on saying, "Okay, they have completely ignored a congressional subpoena. Are we down to move this forward to refer this to the Department of Justice? If that passes, then it goes to the Department of Justice, where if Merrick Garland is going to is about to do the right shit, he will then put a U.S. attorney on it who will then determine if they need to what charges to bring for this. Now, it's really going to boil down to how aggressive Mayor Garland is going to be and like uh, and, you know, applying the law equally, but also how the courts are going to look at executive privilege, too, because that's the thing that everyone keeps talking about. And it's sort of putting people in a weird space like where Bannon has not been in the White House for some time. So his claim of executive privilege doesn't really apply. People like Mark Meadows, who was like the chief of staff. It's a little bit closer, but still a lot of people like that shouldn't protect someone from citing an insurrection, uh, even if they are in office, what's happening here. And so this still, the fact still remains that Bannon could try and drag this out and say, OK, take me to a trial. Let's do a, a jury trial, which would be actually in the District of Columbia. And I'm guessing the residents of D.C. probably aren't too happy about what happened on January 6th. And he could potentially face up to a year in jail. And if he really didn't want to testify, then what if he says, well, fuck it, I'll do a year on my head and I still won't say anything. And what are you going to do now? That's still a possibility. Now, whether or not hmm. he fears jail time and this and that, I think that's where all these things are going to we're going to quickly see who is built for talking the talk and who's going to walk the walk. Right. Well, he's he's not built for jail time at all. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah. you know, he he'll try. Imagine if he imagine if he came out like super jacked. Oh yeah, <laughs> after like a year ripping of through all three dress shirts right. that he wears. Yeah, right. Wow, Bannon's hot now. What happened? <laughs> oh, could you like yeah, like when Ted Cruz had a beard and suddenly people were like, I don't know, Wait Ted Cruz kind of looks good. We're like, no, 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 stop, 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 <laughs> no. you're still talking about Ted Cruz. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit. What but, do we like ideally hope? to learn from from this process like do it because I, I just feel like they will even if we got them to testify they would just obfuscate and delay and redirect and just do all sorts of bullshit like do i'm just curious like what what's the best case scenario of of this or worst case scenario for them is that they just like feel like they'll they, go to jail right you know yeah. Face fines. Yeah. But also become like martyrs. Right. You know, so there's that aspect, because once that starts happening, you know, the right wing media machine is going to kick off and, you know, 
right. draw this out as long as possible because they've already the the mission of the GOP is already to paper over January 6th so it's nothing that put a bad taste in anyone's mouth as we saw where they pledged allegiance to a fucking flag from that was you know carried peacefully on January 6th as the woman said so uh right. yeah i mean it's it's jail time the threat of jail time and you know how that would you know, alter their lives if they want to face those penalties for not testifying and i'm sure for the people in the committee they want to know every single person that's invo- involved but then it's like well is is our judicial system and our society built in a way that will actually hold people to account for this because it's yeah. also a hard thing where even normal people are like yeah, that was fucked up. Also, like I'm being underpaid and I'm I'm quitting my job. So like, while that's cool, like I also have other things. It's there's a lot to balance here. As you described the amount of hoops that would have to go through, I was like, oh, it's going to fall off somewhere. It feels like, you know, yeah, someone's someone's going to drop the ball in that process or like they're not going to charge him or whatever. I just didn't have faith in the, the process you described. It. Yeah, I mean, I think all. that's yeah. why we'll see. Right. Because yeah. they're, they yeah. said Tuesday they're going to they're going to vote in committee to do a criminal referral. Right. And then okay. we'll see how quickly the Department of Justice moves. If the Department of Justice like, thank you, here we go, here's an attorney, knock, knock, yeah. Steve Bannon. Then other people who are going to be like, oh, they normally don't do that. And right. it's happening. Yeah. Okay. But then, I don't know what kind of legal liability these people have. Like, they're going to incriminate themselves by being like, yeah, so I helped planned it with these people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that, they're also right. not going to say some shit like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Like the ideal version, the idealized version of this investigation is like they uncover like a conspiracy that involves like elected officials conspiring with the people. But like, I just I can't at this point, like imagine that coming out in any way that the Republicans would allow. We've already saw in that Senate report just exactly what the administration was doing in the days after the election to try and pressure states to overturn the results. So, yeah. There is a consp- like we're oh we're for sure it, yeah, yeah yeah but like so I don't know you know there there'll clearly be things like people are wanting to know like who if people actual members of Congress were helping coordinate and things right. like that I'm sure those are like the answers that they probably want to bring to the public's attention and then see how the outrage moves from there but yeah it's there's not a version where it's like going to be like Mark Meadows is like and Donald Trump made us all do it and here's the tape that will put yeah. him in jail right, like that right. ain't happening yeah yeah but at the very least you know some visibility i think that's i yeah. think that's the thing that they want to try and change is that like you can't just do it get away with it and kind of scratch yeah. your head and like i wonder who's involved right because at this point it just feels like we're at the part like in back to the future where Biff is just like, what are you going to do about it, McFly? <laughs> and just, you know, like, <laughs> right. like that. that's how right. the GOP treats the Repo- or the Democrats and everyone basically at this point. And we're we're in the alternate timeline where he's just like, oh, no. And then they end up, you know, being the the family at the beginning of Back to the Future. Right. So only time Point. travel can. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you can quote that. That's when it all made sense for me when he used the Back to the Future reference. Like, all right, Biff. <laughs> so Bannon and the whole GOP <laughs> Let's talk about Texas. The hits just don't stop. To quote nope. Smash Mouth, the hits start coming and they don't stop coming nope. from the Lone Star State. And this week we've got a directive that was given to teachers in the Carroll Independent School District in Southlake 
So Greg Abbott had signed this HB 3979 into law, uh, which essentially made it illegal to make white people feel bad by teaching them history. That's that's uh, what the wording of the bill seems to suggest, if you yeah. really read it. It says Isn't no, like mental anguish or something in there. Yeah, it says no like, teacher, yeah. administrator or other employee in any state agency, school district, etc. shall require or make it part of a course. Uh, the following concepts. And there's like a few going all the way. Number six, an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. That's slavery, I think. And then Mm -hmm. number seven is any individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex. Or eight, meritocracy or traits such as hard work ethic are racist or sexist or were created by a, by a member of a particular race to oppress members of another race. Wow. Oh, boy. Yeah. It sounds lot. like, you know. I mean, uh, but it is their interpretation of oh, like, sure, yeah. what the Yeah. They're like, you want our kids to feel bad that they're white. And it's like, not, that's yeah. not really the point. But the, they can't. Yeah. Yeah, they can't teach if they have this much white guilt. Right, right. To yeah, well, what are they going to do? And then, but the all the this is where the Holocaust part comes in, and I hate to even say this, the, the Holocaust part comes in. It also says, "quote Teachers who choose to discuss current events or widely debated and currently controversial issues of public policy or social affairs shall, to the best of their ability, strive to explore such issues from diverse and contending perspectives without giving deference to any one perspective." Yeah, that seems like a problem. So this is where it happened. So a parent in the school district, apparently, and I'm presuming that this parent was just a sentient burning cross, Mm -hmm. lost their shit on the school district because a fourth grade teacher had an anti-racist, like anti-racism book in the classroom, like just there, like just like among the books in the classroom. And because of that, there had to be a training with teachers to remind them about this HB 3979 where Gina Petty, who's the Carroll School District's executive director of curriculum and instruction, had to just make sure he's like, OK, I'm here because we had a thing and I got to just make sure that everybody understands what's going on here. And I'll play a clip of this meeting because a teacher was like somebody in the meeting was like, we need to record this shit because I don't even know what the fuck they're about to say. Which leads us to this audio clip because someone decided to record this training session This is a moment where teachers were confused by saying, like, what do you mean we have to show other like, what does this even mean? Like, this doesn't even make sense. This is where she articulates what exactly this means. As you go through, just try to remember the concepts of 3979 and make sure that if if you have a book on the Holocaust, that you have one that has a closing that has other books. How do you oppose the Holocaust? Believe me, that's come up. So, number the stars. Yeah. Wow. So, what do you do that with? Believe me, that's come up. Throw us some examples while you're up there. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, they're like, they're like, uh, 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 huh? I'm sorry. So, what? You're going to. You're going to bring up like the the wording of like the final solution. Mm. Well, you want to just get the other side, you know, you got to the protocols of the elders of Zion. Like, what are you? I'm just saying it's come up, Miles. It's come up. Okay. 
that like people who had like disabilities were also undesirables and should therefore be concerned. Like it's a wide ra- I mean, like, again, I'm not saying it's the only thing you teach. OK, I'm just <laughs> <that's>, saying <laughs> so, exactly. And this is what this I, I don't know. I guess I guess Hitler's speech at the Reichstag is going to be taught as well to be like, and I don't know, guys, I won't give deference to either one of those. Now, clearly that sent the entire world or people who are observing like this, like this is an that is absolutely disgraceful. What are you talking about? The author of this bill, the state senator, was basically like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not at all this bill's purpose. Like, fuck, no, no, no. Like, we're not trying to do that. I'm glad. And he's like, I'm glad we're we're having these conversations to elucidate what the actual bill's uh, intention was, which really is they just want to disconnect children from a feeling of moral or societal obligation to create a more inclusive and just world. That's what we want to do. Not both sides, Nazism. Although that happens, it happens. Jesus. So can they do that? You know what I'm saying? Like this has to end at some point, right? They can't actually. Well, I mean, the this is why the right has been so adamant about like what when talking amongst themselves about like going after the school boards is that, you know, they are the people who determine like what gets taught in in schools. You know, I mean, I don't. I didn't think that they were directly implying that they should teach the teach Holocaust yeah, denial to children. Yeah, but yeah, it does seem like that could easily be a consequence of this. It sounds like, though, it might not. I don't know that potentially it wouldn't go that far. That's like an extreme example because they're definitely looking in terms of like racism. But it's like that's still fucking heinous too. Like, what? Do you, why you can't is is. Both is anything, sizing all this shit is absurd. Yeah. Is anything close to this happening in another state at all? Or is it like mostly just like Texas? I, I, I mean, I'm sure if, I mean, to the point where, you know, there are people who are definitely being taught completely well, for sure. yeah. fucked up versions of what the Civil War was. I've lived back east. I've lived in Texas and I've lived on the West Coast. And I can't, looking back on my five years, just even in Austin, I was like, oh man, that was like living on another fucking planet. Yeah, like it was the closest thing to like living on like an alien planet. Like these people are just like completely bonkers, and they're everywhere. Even in Austin, also, like people are like, "Oh, it's like a liberal hub," and I'm like, "Nah, dude, it's still fucking Texas." Right, right. you're very aware of that. Like, yeah, and I again, just as people realize that, you know, the platform, their political party's platform, is just about you know fanning the flames of like racial grievances and not really about yeah. any kind of outcome, like. The only way to fight strike back is to just create voters who have no wherewithal or context for anything. So it's like if only we could have crank out more kids who when we say Nazi shit, don't go, oh, my God, that's Nazi shit. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the long game. But as of now, like you're it's it's a pretty hard slamming on the brakes for a lot of people. Just like that's I mean, you can hear all those teachers voices when she's there like the holic. Like what? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, it's it's another time when we're we're only seeing this because somebody ha- happened to be recording it, you know, like mm-hmm. similar to the the George Floyd's murder like that, you know, the it's reflective, presumably of not just this one person. It's like there there is a strong undercurrent of just very intense white supremacy like throughout the country that like well and isn't texas the biggest purchaser of textbooks yeah so like they they have a huge stake in what is even in the textbooks 
Right. So I, I can only imagine like if I, and I don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm completely like ignorant as to like how HB three, nine, seven, nine would affect the like textbooks. Or if there's going to be more of a mandate now coming from this large buyer of textbooks, like to do, we got a couple notes here. Mm. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. And we're back. And let's talk Netflix. The CEO, Ted Sarandos, has been in a bit of a shit storm since last week as he just like kind of continues to completely fumble the backlash against Dave Chappelle's just horribly transphobic BS special, The the Closer. So Sarandos kicked things off by essentially saying that Netflix pushes boundaries. And the comedy does, man. Yeah. <laughs> they ended up like they, they had a conflict with a trans employee who was unhappy with their employer's actions and suspended and then unsuspended that employee and was like, Oh, I had nothing to do with that. We just suspend people. All the it was like because they were like, vocal about like, you know, right. criticizing the company. It was like this whole other thing. And yeah, it's getting worse now. Like you yeah. put out a letter to employees trying to explain the mess away and how it's really not that bad because Netflix also has like stuff with like gay people too. So that's chill. And he said, this is in this letter, quote, adults can watch violence, assault and abuse or enjoy shocking stand-up comedy without it causing them to harm others. We are working hard to ensure marginalized com communities aren't defined by a single story. So we have sex education, Orange is the New Black, Control Z, Hannah Gadsby and Dave Chappelle all on Netflix. Key to this is increasing diversity on the on the content team itself. Hannah Gatsby did not appreciate being deployed as a defense token in this fucking lame argument and posted, quote, hey, Ted Sarandos, just a quick note to let you know that I would prefer if you didn't drag my name into your mess. Now I have to deal with even more of the hate and anger that Dave Chappelle's fans like to unleash on me every time Dave gets $20 million to process his emotionally stunted partial worldview. You didn't pay me nearly enough to deal with the real world consequences of the hate speech dog whistling you refuse to acknowledge, Ted. Fuck you and your amoral algorithm cult. I do shits with more backbone than you. That's just a joke. I definitely didn't cross a line because you just told the world there isn't one. Wow. Damn, that was good. That was a good tweet. Was that a yeah. tweet? No, it was a, it was, I think it was a, oh, yeah. maybe an um, IG, like an IG okay. post. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But the referencing of like, I, I like that, you know, Hannah's calling out this, just tired ass defense. Like, These things don't lead to real world harm. Okay. Yeah. Right. And having a very limited definition of what harm is, you right. know, as he says, this is another, this is his further, you know, defense of like this harm argument quote, the strongest evidence to support this is that violence on screens has grown hugely over the last 30 years, especially with first party shooter games, first party. <laughs> um, and yet violent crime has fallen significantly in many countries. Adults can watch violence and blah, 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 without harming others. So, that was like the first part. You know, you can still get Birth of a Nation or Triumph of the Will through their disc-based rental service, just right. so you know. But also, yeah. like a lot of people are pointing out, is like, have you seen this own documentary that's on Netflix that you put out called Disclosure, which the subheading is, in this documentary, leading trans creatives and thinkers share heartfelt perspectives and analysis about Hollywood's impact on the trans community. I think... Think well, that's just like your opinion, man. You know, that's like your opinion, it's... man, on my own platform. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I was just having a conversation with a friend 
over dinner about this last night, who's also a comedian. It's so weird. Like comedians, a lot of them can't make the connection between like the thing they're saying and then also violence. Like to them, there's just not the straight line at all. And it's like really fucking infuriating. Also, the people that really, I would say, would you say there's like a Venn diagram of people that hated Hannah Gatsby's special and then also people that like, like defend defend Chappelle? And it's like, if you didn't think that was comedy, Right. Like, what do you think right. that is? Like, and I watched right. the whole thing too, and it was like long point point making, pauses, diatribes. It's like what it reads like. Yeah. yeah it's like super yeah. hypocritical. And granted, you know, the whole thing wasn't just a screed against the LGBTQ community, but right. what it was was it didn't it com- it was not a comedy special. When you look ah. at his other specials, it's a completely yeah. different person and a different kind of performance. Yeah. And it's truly just someone, as Gatsby says, it's just sort of like trying to process their limited worldview on stage for a couple of million bucks. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of people said, look, if for all the people who want to make the content doesn't cause harm nonsense, a lot of them just gestured at 13 reasons why, you know, many child development experts and psychologists criticized the show for its depiction of a teenager taking their own life. And they said it could possibly very well and most likely would lead to copycat incidents. And Then a damning study was released, according to the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. In March 2017, which was a month after the show debuted, there's a 28.9% increase in suicide among Americans ages 10 to 17. And it completely was like an outlier based on statistical trends and things like that. And obviously, again, correlation isn't causation. But it was definitely enough for Netflix to say, "Okay, let's reconsider something. And they just did the minimum by adding a warning card. Um, Oh, too, uh, too rich. Not enough people telling him to shut the fuck up, I think, is is often what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. Harm isn't just about walking up to someone and committing a violent hate crime. You know what I mean? And I think that's how people excuse that this isn't bad, that this doesn't arrive to that level of the hate speech or something like that. And I would say anything that is contributing to the slowing of progress is in and of itself a violent outcome for somebody, because normalizing the othering of trans people through edgy comedy specials directly contributes to people not seeing the humanity of these people. Right. And yes, it's just a punchline. And I'm curious, would Chappelle defend a white comic's use of minstrelsy tropes or doing blackface? Right. Because people laughed at that shit, but it's the same thing. Blackface was used to dehumanize black Americans. And at the time, people called that comedy, entertainment. But the insidious part is what it does is it creates a baseline for a level of being able to perceive someone as a human who's deserving of dignity or not. And if you're fucking with that and you are trying to pump the brakes on that by saying shit like I'm team turf and all this other shit and trying to make your point about how like trying to deny someone the agency of fucking gender expression, you're directly opposed to progress, to liberation for people. So in that sense, you're not fucking saying anything clever. You're not speaking truth to power or anything like that. And if you're talking about a point, you know, like good comedy that's edgy and causes conversation is typically pointing out an absurdity of our society or culture, right? That people are like, damn, right. that is an absurd thing that is going on that we're not really looking at critically. At best, Chappelle is saying that it's absurd that trans women think they are women. Yeah, That's it. Right. 
And that's only I don't that would only appear as an absurd notion to someone that wants to deny a person the agency of gender expression. That's not saying anything larger about this. So that's why I'm like, I'm failing to see where you understand the like the hegemonic dimensions of all this and where power yeah. lies and what direction you're trying to to skew the like make a point. Right. I mean, there and there is no he's just making the same point over and over again. And it's just him gesturing at his anxiety around something that deep down he knows is wrong and fucked up and he hasn't dealt with it. But like in the same way that, you know, you look back at, you know, minstrel shows and you're like, how is this comedy? Like it it doesn't make sense now, but it was because it addressed like some deep anxiety of people realizing like what they were like their worldview was incredibly fucked up. I think that it's the same thing. It's like, I don't really even see how this is a joke, but it's like basically like touching on a thing that I think culturally he, like we realize is fucked up and that like he's struggling with like five levels deep in his consciousness and like can't, can't process. And that's why he keeps fucking coming back to it and just being wrong and, strong on on that man it's just there's like almost no in between with like comedy anymore it's like people are either tripping on a banana peel or they're like trying to start a cult or something there's like no in between like at all i miss people tripping on a banana peel (laughs) yeah what happened to pratt falls huh yeah that's what (laughs) more pratt falls less of your societal analyses from your perspective Mm. as a cishet male yeah T- telling people who is and is not a woman. Right. Like, okay. It's like when Joe Biden was like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Right. Oh, right, shut geez. the fuck up, fool. We, <laughs> we got something for your ass, too. Like, all, all, dude, I, you know, I can't stand to it, It's like a, a lot of these comics, too, will say things like, why would you listen to us? Like, we're comedians. And it's like, you keep, you know, positioning yourself as someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Like, you're, right. you know, right. like you're, you're point making. Like, right. that's why right. people are listening to you. Yeah. And I and I think it's I, I really challenge people for people who are Dave Chappelle fans. And I've had a few of them reach out to me because of the, our perspective on this whole incident is to really consider what you are casually just laughing off as not harmful, right. because maybe you are in a position socioeconomically, racially or whatever to not understand that shit like that is is what keeps people down is what keeps things from progressing forward and having a better outcome yeah. or life. Like when, you know, I think most people can look at racial stereotypes and understand that they're harmful, but you have to begin to evolve your thinking a bit to understand how large this world is and how varied people's experiences and identities are. And like, why the fuck are you caping for somebody who's making someone feel bad? That doesn't, yeah. that's not, that doesn't track. And I, I'm if people in the trans community are saying this is violence, this is offensive. I think I don't I don't want to it, it have to uh, be subjected to this. Why the fuck are other people be like, no, nah, no, nah, they don't know what they're talking about. You, yeah, that's not yeah. your place to determine that. This actually brings us to a story that I've been teasing for a month now, but that we keep not getting to because I was waiting for the perfect time to bring <laughs> it up. It's. The story that super producer Dramos put in the doc about a study that shows that 2.6% of people have aphantasia, meaning they don't possess the ability to create pictures in their mind's eye. 
And oftentimes they don't realize this. They just think that people are being poetic when they talk about like being able to envision things. But this Vice article consists of an interview with somebody who has this. And the reason that I think it relates to what you're talking about with the Chappelle thing is they mentioned that people get like really defensive and kind of aggressive when they explain that they have this. So the vice reporter asks, have you always known the way you thought was significantly different to other people? And then the person with Aphantasia says, a friend said that a friend of theirs was Greek, but had lived in England for 10 years, and they were wondering whether he thought in English or in Greek. And until that moment, I had no idea that anyone thought in languages at all. The same goes for mental images. When people said a mental picture, I didn't realize they were being literal. I thought it was poetic. When I found out it wasn't, a bit of poetry of the world disappeared. I've only known for a few years, so it's taken some time to get used to the notion that not everyone thinks the same way. And then they talk about how people get aggro about them. And the vice reporter is like, why would that bother people? And they say, it strikes me that by mentioning that I don't think in pictures or in words, I'm somehow attacking their approach. The fact that there is another way makes people uncomfortable. Everyone is always asking me questions like, can't you tell me what your dad looks like? <laughs> and the reporter's like, can't you tell me what your dad looks like? And they're like, nah, I know what my dad looks like. I know what my entire family looks like. But the only reason I could tell you what color my dad's eyes are is because I checked once when someone asked me. And, you know, I think this ties back to people's like inability to process the violence that trans people feel uh, around the Dave Chappelle special. I think it ties back to even the Havana syndrome story and the fact that like people are so, first of all, aggressive and like certain, oh, they must be making it up or then when the people themselves are accused of like, you know, not having had the actual attack get super defensive is because we just we are super aggressive and like kind of counterintuitively and illogically aggressive when it comes to the idea that other human beings don't think and process the world in the same way that we do. Right, yeah. It's like really troubling to people in a way that I just, I feel like I see it everywhere. Once I read this article, I was like, oh, that's, we are like so uncomfortable with that idea. And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, insecurity is like directly tied to anger about things, right? Mm -hmm. Right. It's, yeah. it's obvious. Like you, well, I feel like once I started realizing that I could see it in other people too, like when I see, right. you know, whatever it is, I'm like, oh, you're incredibly insecure about something. Right. You know, right. that's how it comes out. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just like like we kind of built a world that relies on the illusion that we have control over yeah. like all our faculties and that we all think the same. And like if somebody commits a crime, they have done that on purpose, like thinking the same thoughts that we're thinking as we imagine them committing that crime and, you know, that therefore blame them for their actions. And yeah, there's just it's so much of the world relies on this illusion and this like misconception. and then. You know, anytime like somebody explains that their brain doesn't work exactly the same as somebody else or, you know, that their experience has led them to see something completely differently than you, 
it just causes people like to freak out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you read that uh, art, that study, did it fuck with you a little bit also? But you were like, can I think of images? I was yeah. like, for a second, I read it this morning. I was like, oh, God, picture a candle. <laughs> I got it. Right. I got it, right? Like, fuck. Yeah. The sick. Oh, I don't know what a candle looks like. <laughs> yeah, there's. I think, you know, it's just the same way, like with, especially we saw with the uprisings last summer around, you know, all the police killings that were happening, is that suddenly yeah. white people were caught in a moment and be like, what do you... Like, it was like, wait, there's another way to look at this rather than being yeah. less empathetic or understanding of, like, how oppression works. And then suddenly it's to get defensive about it and defend your because it's for many people, it's hard to look at your belief system and say, yo, that's fucking that. that I, I need to throw that piece out. That's actually not right. helping me. It's actually going to hold me back. And it's actually it's running counter to where the where yeah. the rest of the world is. Yeah, I, I had very many. <sighs> points of evolution in my own understanding of race Dude. of yeah, gender totally. identity and things like that and it truly took me you have to really you have to arrive at a place where you have to think a am i a flawed person or do i have things that i'm insecure about or different yeah. about me that i would hope i'm living in a world where those things don't matter where those are not those are not vectors to terrorize me emotionally and yeah. can I be around people that are understanding? And if I do believe that's the world that I want to live in, then it is incumbent on me to also treat every other person in situation like that. Because if you get selective, then it's only going to, it doesn't lead to increased oh, yeah. understanding. Buddy, uh, dude, 100%. I Even thinking about like comedy, like I've been doing it for 10 years. I started in Pittsburgh. Like mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in like the most like culturally diverse town. And like going to Austin, which is like a very liberal place. I remember getting there and like doing jokes and like other like a a a, fr- a great friend of mine Kath Barbadoro other uh, another comedian came up to me after a show one time and was like like you're super funny but that one joke is like super misogynist and i was like really i was like i don't know if i mean right. it that way and she was like like yeah like the laughs you're getting on it like they're like kind of like mean laughs and dude it stuck with me so much and i remember just having a moment where i was like oh i don't want that at all right it's like right. I always felt like, but I always felt like open to like evolving past those things. Yeah, and, and thankful for the people in my life too that were just totally like, "Hey, like, let's talk about it real quick." And you know, oh I'm yeah, like, oh, thank and you so much. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's I think like so at that moment you were able to imagine the world from a different perspective than your own and evolve your perspective to include that perspective. And I feel like the you know, a lot of these comedians who now are just like trying to start a cult are are like they get told of a different perspective and they just kind of clamp down and choose to not let that in and instead to fight against it and try to like get people to see the the world through their eyes, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah. In a very culty way that seems damaging. Well, yeah. And a lot of people are stuck on the fact that they were probably getting a lot of laughs when they were kids in the 90s by being the meanest motherfucker who was able to rephrase bullying yeah. shit in funny ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of it, man, I used to get so many laughs, like just going off on somebody's looks or like, ah, your mom, you know, like just, just mean shit. But people were more like, oh shit, he went there in a creative way. And I was like, ah, I'm right. the funniest motherfucker that ever lived. <laughs> yeah. right. And then you realize, shit, man, I'm just really good at being mean in a way that isn't traditionally mean. And it's yeah. a way that right. can make people laugh because we, all of us are stunted kids and not under, like not able to extend empathy or sympathy in a direction. 
And then yeah. you have to have a reckoning with that where I was like, fuck, man, like, I'm not really funny if the only thing I can do is just be like kind of mean. Yeah. Up, like just describe some shit about someone being different or ugly or something yeah. like that. That's not a joke. And yeah, right. there's a, I think that's why a lot of people too, who have a lot of like jokes or material that are sort of come from that philosophy of like, yo, I'm just teasing, man. I'm just cap, you know, just fucking poking fun, man. It's nothing. It's comedy. Those are the people who really go, what the fuck's happening, man? Like, yeah. this is all, this yeah. is like, it, it, it's, everything's completely changed. It's like, well, no, like people get older. And as people get older, we have more access to experiences and ways to process our experiences to be like, oh, that, all that shit I used to laugh at, that was actually really foul. That was actually contributing yeah. to someone else being, feeling like absolute shit about themselves. Yeah. And that's not the spirit of what comedy is. Yeah. And they the ones who are like i'm just joking like what it's just a joke i'm just a comedian don't pay attention to me yeah. are the ones who when that premise is challenged they're like they get very serious oh, yeah. about yeah, yeah. it's yeah suddenly about turns into white supremacy and misogyny free speech conversation yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly if and again if your material isn't actually pointing out the absurdity of something like and there's a you have actually a, from a position of like you're morally yeah. correctly pointing out an absurd power imbalance, which is what great comedy can do. Yeah. You know, you have to ask yourself, like, what is it really saying? See, well, but I feel like to them and a lot of these people, too, they are pointing out that absurdity. It, it For them, it's like they are thinking critic, but it's because they're so threatened. Yeah. And exactly. they don't they don't, yeah. they don't want it to change. And like, I, I just know, dude, I know these fuckers it, like a lot, like a lot of them. And it's like, yeah, they think that they're the the ones thinking critically and we're right. all we're all like sheep about it or and whatever. i think and yeah. what and what like you couldn't ask for a worse laboratory to extract your data from than oh my god yeah being on a stage with a microphone saying something and people yeah. laugh oh how right. the fuck Two people are you, who already like you and are you already gonna have an investment how the fuck are you gonna move past that no you're not no it's it's yeah the thing that makes you feel like a god you know, like, be, like, yeah, you're just going to be enabled the whole time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> keep saying yeah. those things. Yeah. Right. And that's what it's all about. It was like, well, I'm getting positive feedback from this. For I'm sure. guessing all and that's the same thing Dave Chappelle said at the Hollywood Bowl when he did premiered his documentary there. He went up there and he was like, oh, I'm glad you all love me. And people were like, ah, and he's like, if this yeah. is what being canceled <laughs> feels like, then I fucking love it. Right. But yeah. you are in a bro. That, that's that's only a couple thousand people there. Yeah. You have yeah. a lot of other people, and I think a lot of people also try and say it's like this noisy minority of people. Well, that may be true. That maybe mathematically, people that are offended by homophobia or transphobia may not be at a yeah. global majority. Yeah, but it's not right. an insignificant amount of people, and I think that's what's also very dismissive about the whole thing. A very literal bubble that he was in, like yeah. people paying to see you with no cell phone. Like, right. Right. Yeah. Take yeah, your cell phone, right. put them in a bag. Yeah. 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 It sounds everything's above board. <laughs> yeah so you you know you're on the right side when you're espousing views that vladimir putin would agree with yeah you're, you're crushing it man yeah putin's like he was but there they, the, in the audience at the hollywood yeah. <laughs> steven seagal they're like they cut to them real quick yeah that imbalance of power thing is so true and it's why to talk about something we mentioned earlier why slipping on a banana peel is the best joke because it's the ultimate imbalance of power between human beings and gravity mm. you know well put. When you think about it. Well put. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, man. We're all just slipping all, on peels, man. We're all just slipping on peels, dude. It's all about, it's all about <laughs> sticking the landing and getting back up. Oh, my God. <laughs>
You guys should teach a comedy class. I like it. Good. <laughs> yeah. Comedy philosophy 101. <laughs> well, I mean, because it's true. You, and you look at Ma- Chappelle's early shit. He was able to people be like, oh, these jokes are racist. Well, he was actually able to use Man. racism to po- broaden, a, like to bring up a larger point about the racist dynamics within the United States. And yeah. when that and I think he's completely just I don't know, maybe that's no longer important to him. But I feel like if he for someone, again, who says like he really cares about trans people, then listen to them. Yes. Listen to them. Yeah. And don't be dismissive. And just because you have one person's family and another trans comedian that has your back, that doesn't negate the feelings of many other people. And if you're yeah. truly there, if like any person who wants to claim they're an ally of any, you know, liberation movement for people, then you have to really be aware of this kind of shit and know what you are fighting for and fighting against and what progress looks like and what the slowing of progress looks like. Yeah. It's just weird because. Chappelle's never said something that aged poorly before, like when he told us that we should give Donald Trump a chance. You know? <laughs> was... Dude, he pulled back on that one, what, like a couple of months later or something? That's what I'm, I'm like... hoping that that happens. I, do, I don't think so. Three specials in a row yeah. now. No, he he's, so much, yeah. he's, he's, he's really money. dug he got in. Fuck you money. So it's he's going to be fuck you. I mean, at the end of that special, he did say something like, he said he's done doing the jokes until you know, whatever he said, until I, I know that we're both laughing together. And it's like, right. well, that's not going to happen. So you're just right. done doing the jokes now. Cool. And I'm sorry, right. what, what was the joke? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, Danny, it's been such a pleasure having you on Thanks, boys. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist. Yeah, yeah. Where can people find you and follow you? Uh, I only have Instagram now. I got rid of Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. So just get me on Instagram at Palumbros, P-A-L-U-M-B-R-O-S. And I post everything there. Stuff I write, food I cook, places I'll be. So that's where to find me. Mm. Also sounds like a really dope, like, sandwich yeah, shop. Yeah, Palumbros. Palumbros. Yeah. yeah. Palumbros, pizza, pasta, gelato, furniture. Exactly. Hoagies. <laughs> you know, we got them all. Heroes, not grinders. And is there a tweet or, I guess, a gram that you've been enjoying? Yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I haven't checked any of my friends' Twitter accounts in like seven months. So Love this it. one is this one is from my dear friend Blair Saki, friend of the show. I know October thirteenth. Drinking is bad. I do not feel good. End. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> she had a, she had a rough one on her birthday. I bought us uh, Jaeger shots because I correctly assessed that she was someone that has done a lot of Jaeger bombs, and yeah. uh, she didn't do it. I had to do them both. Oh. <laughs> that sounds about right. Can't let that. And shit. then I felt can't invincible. Yeah, yeah. ain't doing gargoyles on no. in Westwood like she used to. <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? What is a tweet you've been enjoying? Find me Twitter, Instagram at Miles of Gray, and also the other pod Four Twenty Day Fiance with Sophie Alexandra, where we talk Ninety Day Fiance. Some tweets that I like. The first one is from Elizabeth C. McLaughlin at E.C. McLaughlin tweeted, it's astonishing how many major unions are either striking or about to strike and how little major media is covering it. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's, that it's is, like they, yeah. yeah. Huh. It's a little bit weird there. Because, yeah, like in New York, taxi cabs too. They're, I think they shut down the Brooklyn Bridge on Friday. Callie Joy Gray at Callie Joy. Uh, just because right now uh, Pete Buttigieg has been, you know, he he took, I guess, fucking uh, paternity. paternity leave and the right wing machine is like, paternity leave? What? And like, you have like all these other cons- like uh, pundits being like, 
I'm barely around and blah, 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 like really diminishing fatherhood. So Callie Joy tweeted, wow to see conservatives talks about, talk about how useless fathers are. Hmm. That's also mm. very, yeah, interesting. interesting. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, let me just, I'm just going to the front page of the New York Times and searching the word strike. Huh, nothing there. Uh, some tweets I've been enjoying. Andrew Nadeau tweeted me, most people don't use their middle names. Machine Kelly. It just feels dumb this way. Noah <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> Garfunkel tweeted, exasperated voice, Machine, you had an argument with Machine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the same joke, but wow, the fucking nailed Two back to back home runs. Uh. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. And hey, we have a Facebook fan page <laughs> and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Uh, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are we sending people to go check out? This is a band called Gotts Street Park, G-O-T-T-S. You know, uh, another UK band, and they've produced stuff for like Caliuchis and Reggie Snow, a few other artists, but man, they are really, really, really great group. And this track called Diego, it sounds like Again, like something that would have been sampled in like 90s hip hop, but it's, mm. it's an original tune. And yeah, there's just, it's just good, good head nodding music for your week. So check this out. Got Street Park with Diego. All right. Well, we'll send you over there to listen to that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning, but we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.